Happy Friday, everyone, and thank you for joining us on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernell-Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. Fried Okra is a weekly podcast where we get together to talk about public education issues in Oklahoma. We hope that you join us every Friday. So we're joined this morning by Senator Roger Thompson. Thank you so much, Senator, for coming in. Hey, I'm glad to be with you on this Friday morning. Yes, so a, a, just a little background for our listeners who might not be as familiar or maybe outside of your uh, district there out in Muskogee, Fusky, and McIntosh counties. Um, Senator Thompson is the Senate Appropriations Chair, and as a side note, he also authored the uh, teacher pay raise legislation last year. So thank you so much for joining us, Senator Thompson. Um, right. w- let's start off with a special session. So why, can you explain how, what is, you guys are specifically targeting a couple of things this special session, correct? Okay, I, I do appreciate the question, good to be with you. Uh, of course, the special session will only address one particular issue. And, uh, you know, the governor filed yesterday the Catastrophic Health Emergency Powers Act. Mm -hmm. And uh, so for him to be able to have the authority to to do what he needs to do, Uh and that is working with the different health agencies, bringing like Tulsa County and Oklahoma County that normally work independent of Uh the state health department that will bring them together. And uh, so he has to file this according to the, uh, the statute. And uh, we have to come in by 8 o'clock on the next business day to either affirm or terminate Mm -hmm. uh, that declaration. And so we'll do that on Monday morning. Uh, We'll take up that in special session. So So that'll be the only only thing we'll be doing with a special session. So no other business, no extraneous stuff or things that you would normally do during the regular session? No, on on a uh, special session, the only thing that you can deal with is what the governor has outlined in the call of the special session. Right. And so so this is it. So uh, as you know, we're still in regular session. Uh, we're adjourned to the call of the chair. We will be taking care of some other business on Monday, and uh, but it will not be underneath the uh, special session. So let's talk about that other um, business. This is such a, a unique session, to say the least. Um, with everything that's happening on happening right now with oil and gas, with the stock market, with the coronavirus out, pandemic, what what does our budget look like? So that was a very good question. Uh, we are changing daily mm-hmm. in uh, what happens to us in, in the United States and certainly in Oklahoma as we begin to uh, look at exactly where we are and our gross receipts that are, that are coming in. Mm-hmm. You know, when we look at our March receipts uh, over the same time of March last year, mm-hmm. we're actually up six-tenths of one percent. And uh, But keep in mind, as we're getting in those March receipts, uh, most of our economy that has slowed down has slowed down during this particular period that you and I are now experiencing. Uh, oil has been down for about 30 to 40 days, but we receive our revenue off of oil 60 days uh, in uh, our 60 days behind. So right okay. now, the revenues is coming in on oil prices mm-hmm. that uh, we were receiving at forty-seven dollars for at a barrel. Uh, we're now down around twenty dollars barrel. So we'll begin to see that coming in probably in uh, May uh, okay. receipts. Mm-hmm. But we'll see the actual drop in that revenue coming in. Uh, we have to we have to prepare for that. You know, we had uh, right. forty-five thousand unemployment claims this last week, right. the highest number ever in Oklahoma, and uh, the Dow Jones stopped by twenty-three percent. Our business index has dropped down to 45.7%. Uh, 
which anything below 50 uh, indicates a contraction in the economy for the next three to six months. So, you know, we are, we're feeling some of the pain and we have to mm-hmm. prepare for that. So will that result in a revenue failure and will we see cuts across the board? Uh, yes and no. Uh, so what we're looking at now is that it will be a revenue failure. We have anticipated around about a $219 million revenue failure. Okay. And uh, in, in my bank account, that's a lot of money. Yes. Uh, with the state, uh, you know, it, it's still a lot of money, but not as much as we uh, could anticipate. However, whenever the IRS on a federal level delayed the payment of income tax until July the 15th. Right. And and uh, the Oklahoma Tax Commission mirrored that. Mm-hmm. Well, our fiscal year ends at the end of June and beginning on July 1. Mm-hmm. So when we begin to figure that in, you can probably add about another $187 million to wow. that $219 million that's not going to be coming in this year. Mm-hmm. And then a corporate, a corporate tax would be along the same line, and that's going to be estimated around about $25 million. So whenever we say that we're looking at a revenue shortfall, we're going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 450 to $460 million into the revenue shortfall. Now, the second part of your question is, will that result in cuts? And uh, it is the position of the Senate and I believe of the House, I've been talking with Chairman Wallace, Mm -hmm. that we will use the money that we have in the rainy day fund to backfill all of FY20. Okay. And so there will be no cuts in the current budget year uh, that we are in. So what about next year? Well, of course, next year, of course, we don't have to be out of session until the end of May. Mm -hmm. But keep in mind that that we're really flux uh, in the economy. If the coronavirus and COVID-19, if we're able to get back to work by the end of of April, and Mm -hmm. we're all hoping that we are, tax revenue coming back up. Uh, people begin to fill at ease to get out and spend some money. Uh, we can see us bounce back fairly quickly mm-hmm. uh, in the next fiscal year. Also keep in mind that if we are delaying the income tax uh, from this fiscal year into next fiscal year, that's also going to be translated into the next fiscal year. Mm-hmm. But I think right. we're still planning on a down year. Uh, we're still planning on maybe a shortfall of around 400 to $450 million this next year. But one of the good things that we've had is the savings of this last year of $806 million in the rainy day fund, $200 million in the revenue stabilization fund, a little over a billion dollars. And certainly we don't want to use all that at just this one sure. year. But, but it's certainly there for us to go back and take a look at and so that we can move forward. So As far as the budgets, you know, we're working on those right now. We're not expecting any real significant cuts uh, in the budget next year. And, of course, if there's any discussions, education will always be kept as harmless as possible. Thank you. <laughs> we appreciate that. <laughs> so speaking of the, those um, dollars and savings, how do you decide what is the best use of that? How do you decide, um, yes, we're going to pull the trigger and use that now. No, we're going to save it. Yes, these things are, you know, need that funding now. No, things don't. How do you, how do you go about allocating or deciding what's the best use of those savings dollars? Well, of course, your your current situation is going to demand that we have a strong look at everything related to health care mm-hmm. and uh, making sure that the health department is taken care of and uh, the health care authority. At the same time, there is the $2.2 trillion CARES Act that has come down from the uh, feds, mm-hmm. and we're still looking at how that money will apply to the state because 
my understanding is there's $1.5 billion that's going to be coming in that is COVID-related mm-hmm. funds. Must be used that way. Okay. Uh, so 55% of that will flow into uh, the state coffers, and so it'll be about $844 million. That's going to be divided out among uh, education. We'll be getting some of it in common ed, higher ed. Uh, it also moves into your healthcare areas, your emergency mm-hmm. management areas. Mm-hmm. And those individuals who have a COVID expense will be reimbursed with that federal money. And okay. through the healthcare authority, they're also on our federal medical assistance program, what's known as FMAP. They are increasing it to 6.2% for COVID related. So that's also going to help the state budget a great deal. So mm-hmm. we're looking right now at how those numbers will backfill some of the numbers that we're now spending for COVID-related expenses. Now, mm-hmm. any federal money that's coming down that is COVID-related cannot be used to fill holes or right. to, to support the budget in any way. It's got to be simply spent on COVID-related needs. Right. So let's um, switch topics just a little bit Uh and um, there were some policy bills that were moving forward. Um, are we going to see any more policy bills coming through the legislature this session? We will be looking at policy um, on the Senate side. I met with Senator David earlier in the week uh, going over bills that are health-related that are fiscal-related or policy bills that we need to get over the line. Mm-hmm. Now, we, we've looked at a lot of bills that will not only be good bills this year, there'll be better bills next year, and uh, we'll bring it back in. Some of this is going to also depend on the health crisis. Yeah, right. We, we want to, uh, as you'll see when we come back in on Monday for a special session and for us to deal with the revenue shortfall, is that uh, uh, we'll be maintaining the uh, CDC requirements. Uh, everybody that have their temperature check coming into the building. Uh, we'll be six foot apart. Uh, we've got a, a floor. Uh, decorum that we'll be following of less than 10 people on the floor at a time. We'll be listening to debate and uh, out of our offices. And so it's going to be a, a different way of doing business uh, while sure. we are protecting the health of the people. So we get back into a lot of policy bills where a lot of debate will naturally come. We'd like for this crisis to be over. You'll not see us signing dying early this year. I think uh, you'll see us pushing all the way to the end of May. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. that uh, we want to make sure that we cover whatever policy that we need to cover, but also I want the fiscal uh, instability to kind of settle down a little bit before we decide to write a budget for FY21. Well, um, what we also wanted to ask you, what message would you send out? What do you want our educators and support professionals and administrators across the state? If you could, if you could send them a message, what would you want them to know? Well, I think there's, there's two things. Uh, uh, First of all, we're very concerned about education. And uh, Senator Pemberton and I were working with the State Department of Education on language to put back in to pay support personnel. Great. And I talked to Secretary Macy, and Secretary Macy had talked to the governor, and you mm-hmm. noticed yesterday he came out with yep. an executive order to make sure they were taken care of. Yes. And I think that was the best way to do that. Yes. Uh, we want support personnel taken care of. Yes. But I think the second thing is that we're in a very challenging period. You know, we've got a lot of school districts throughout Oklahoma that's trying to to move toward uh, an Internet class. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think in the long range, that may be good because we need to have public education, my belief, uh, involved in teaching online. We don't need to depend on the online schools that uh, we're aware of uh, within the state. Agreed. So at the same time, concerned about the education of the students and concerned about public education. Mm -hmm. Will these students 
uh, stay with public education in this last nine weeks of school? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, or are they going to jump to another online school? Is that going to permanently take those students away? Uh, so I'm concerned about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, their education. Second of all, what will public education look like in September? Right. 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 Th- those are uh, concerns and highlights that uh, we've also been working on. Uh, can't thank you enough, Senator, for yes. um, your words of affirmation, especially for our support professionals uh, and, and making sure that they are taken care of during this crisis. And thank you for being with us on Fri- Fried Okra today. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be with you. Bello the cello was thrilled about his first day of school. He was so excited. He's got a lunchbox, a backpack, a sparkle in his eyes, and a smile on his face. His teacher, Miss Melody, was a treble clef, a music note full of joy and magic. Walking into her room was like looking into other worlds. Giant color patterns on the walls moved to music. Bello and his friends walked into their new classroom with wonder-soaked gasps. To make new friends, Miss Melody said, I want us to go around the room, say our names, and sing our songs. Bello wrinkled his brows. He twisted his lips. He didn't know what kind of song he would sing. So that was a little teaser from Dennis Matthews, Bello the Cello. He will be featured in our Dear Oklahoma, Drop Everything and Read Oklahoma, uh, on Monday, April 6th at 10 a.m. Are you dropping everything to read, Carrie? Yes. I, first of all, that book sounds adorable. Um, but we totally did Dear Time at our house. You know, our I'm working from home, and so is my husband, and our girls are there. And so on Monday, it was, an, it was a great excuse in the middle of the day to finish up. We were reading Hatchet out loud, and we finished that up. So we totally we had dear time at our house it was awesome i loved having senator carrie hicks kick it off with an eric carl book yes Uh, no matter what grade i taught i used to always read my students la ruga muy amrienta uh, the Very Hungry Caterpillar in Spanish. Oh, that's and, uh, and because they could relate to it. Right, right. No matter what language, they all knew that book. Right. And they could figure out what a manzana was. What a, oh, yeah. You know. So uh, loved reading to my students in class and loved carrying it over into our houses. Yes. Well, um, our girls both enjoyed uh, watching the video, and they thought that was pretty cool. Senator Hicks represents our district where we live, and so that made it extra exciting for them because they were just like, whoa, like she's a teacher at the Capitol? Kind of. Yes, she's yes. a teacher, and she's at the Capitol. So. All that. You can take the teacher out of the classroom, but you can't yeah, take no. the teacher out of the teacher. <laughs> well, I love I love the idea of Dear Oklahoma. It's every Monday, and it's for everybody, just Whatever you're doing, just take a little time. I think especially right now, it's it's almost like 20 minutes of self-care. Just pausing and reading and just, we all kind of need to pause right now, I think. Right, Rather, whether you're reading to uh, your family mm-hmm. or with your family or you're just taking a minute to read a book that you have chosen that you that has nothing to do with anything what? else. Just reading for pleasure. Gives you a place to go yeah. mentally away from all yes. the stresses. So it's a healthy thing and it's a vital uh, vital part of our lives. Well, my, my family and I will be doing Dear Time, Dear Oklahoma on Monday. 
And these are Alicia's morning announcements. So first of all, I want to talk about a memo that Superintendent Hoffmeister sent out on March 31st. You know, we are still getting calls uh, through our advocates about, you know, being called back into school. And, um, and is that safe? And, and should I go? And can they make me? And all of that stuff. So um, in, in a couple of particular cases, we have reached out to say, is this an appropriate thing that our school, that this school system is doing? And so um, I think that she's getting a lot of questions about bringing staff back in mass. And so she sent out a pretty strong uh, building safety precautions as we are getting back to the April 6th uh, um, distance learning. They were, they were clear. They, they were very clear. Uh, she starts it with um, dear school le leaders, but then she says, let me be direct. Yeah. Do not direct staff to a school building unless they're performing an essential function. So, um, and then she goes on. And if you want to see that letter, you can uh, sign up for Superintendent Hoffmeister's um, email updates for sure. But she wants districts to be very conservative about what duties are defined as essential. And those should revolve around feeding our kids, mm -hmm. making sure that school districts can run, that they're paying their bills and, yeah. and paying their people and receiving checks in and, and those kinds of things. So, um, and then anything that is to do with distance learning, mm -hmm. our teachers have to be in the building at some point to get the material that they might need to help with that distance learning. But using appropriate CDC guidelines and safety precautions um, is tantamount. Yes. Uh, and paramount, I there guess that's the better word. That's the word. <laughs> paramount uh, <laughs> to to taking those safety precautions. So, um, so if you're called back and you have a question about that, please don't hesitate to reach out to OEA because we are still on the job and working. We have, mm -hmm. um, we have a very skeleton crew at the office every day just to make sure that our essential functions are continuing on. Um, and that brings me to one of our essential functions, which is delegate assembly. Uh, delegate assembly happens every year um, around late March, early April, uh, sometimes late April into May. And for those who might not know what it is, Delegate Assembly is the our statewide elected folks from each of our locals uh, come together and they do the business of the Oklahoma Education Association. They set our budget. They um, they put forth ideas of what OEA should be doing mm -hmm. in the next year and uh, approve resolutions, which are our belief statements. Um, and and they get to see what OEA has been doing over the past year. Right. Um, so we have reports and, and all of that. So um, our delegate assembly is vital to our association. We had a an OEA board meeting last Saturday and um, and had to make some hard decisions, had yeah. some big yeah. discussions about um, what we need to do to keep our people safe, but to go ahead and move on with the business of the association at our delegate assembly. And so our board voted to, um, to hold our delegate assembly virtually on May 9th, and we will do only the essential functions 
of the association, which would be to um, approve the minutes of last year's delegate assembly, but to vote on OEA resolutions, our OEA legislative goals, and um, and the proposed budget as recommended by the board of directors. So we will be doing very, um, very important work, but very pared down because of this emergency right. uh, situation that we're in. And, and um, nobody liked to make that decision, yeah. uh, least of all me. I love the debate. I love the um, new ideas that come forth. I love that our caucuses meet. Um, our caucuses are special interest groups, and um, they meet and decide and put things forth uh, at Delegate Assembly. And, um, and I'm sad that we won't all be together, uh, physically, but we have to maintain safety for our association and, and this is the best way to do it. Absolutely. Um, another announcement that we want to talk about, I hope that you are, uh, watching our Monday through Thursday four at four, every four o'clock, we talk about the four top issues, uh, going on in, uh, the world of education and, um, we're getting some great feedback from those. Uh, we also, if you have questions, you know, text or call or, or email us, uh, and we will answer questions that you have not only on the four at four, but on the fried okra podcast. Mm -hmm. So is there an email carry? Yes. Fried okra podcast at gmail.com. So easy to remember. Easy to remember. Fried okra and podcast. yet I can't do it ever. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe next time. I believe in you. <laughs> and, and as we are talking about continuing on with the business of the association, our NEON group, that's our new Educators of Oklahoma Network, those are our early career teachers mm -hmm. uh, in the first five years of their careers, um, their executive board held a, a virtual happy hour yesterday, and I got to check in with them on that, and, and they just wanted to check in with one another and see how everybody was doing mm -hmm. uh, mentally and physically, making sure that, uh, that they didn't need anything from each other, and just giving moral support. And I hope that 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 goes beyond just this neon group, just yeah. our early educators. You yeah. know, it's important to reach out and check on our colleagues and friends yes. and, and make sure we're all doing all right during this time of everybody staying in their house Absolutely. and, and, and quarantining. Um, I know that, uh, one of the things that I did was call my pastor and ask for a list of 10 people that I can call every week. And there are older, yeah, uh, members that. And I call them every week and see if there's anything they need and just check on them and, yeah. and give them somebody to talk to. Yeah. Because everybody's shut in right now. Yeah, so it's a hard time. It is. Um, and then the last thing I want to talk to you guys about in my announcements is The Bridge. Have you been on the Facebook page, The Bridge? And I should say pages because we have a, a Facebook page for pre-K through two three through five, middle school, high school, special education, and English language learners. And then we have the arts, both visual and um, performing, performing, uh, world languages. What else, Carrie? Social and emotional learning. Social and emotional Librarians. learning. Librarians. Physical education, library media, yes. 
all putting content on that helps bridge the gap in distance learning for our teachers and our parents. So awesome. uh, it is fantastic and growing every day. We, uh, I, I, I'm in all the groups, but I have kiddos who are in that upper and lower elementary age. And uh, there was a video from an educator out in Hammond that was going on a critter hunt about going outside, just looking around for what things are alive. And we went on a critter hunt. We didn't find anything alive, which I think is best because my youngest is not having it with any bugs <laughs> of any sort. But we did find um, two robin eggs from robins that hatched. Oh, It was awesome. So it, even though there were no critters, we found evidence of critters. And it was it was such a good idea. I loved it. One of my favorite videos uh, that I've seen on it is uh, Jocabulary. Oh, my gosh. And he's in pre-K through two. Listen, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. If you are, like, if you have if you have little kids, you need to go and get in this group right now and watch watch it. It's so good. Jocabulary. You can see things. You can taste things. Yes. But <laughs> you shouldn't always taste things. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Fried Okra, the public education podcast for Oklahomans. I'm Carrie Coppernall Jacobs with the Oklahoma Education Association. And I'm Alicia Priest, president of the OEA. We hope you'll join us again next week on Fried Okra. Until then, keep fighting the good fight for public education. <laughs>